You are now listening to The Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Hello and welcome to The Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Andrew Claudio. Oh, what a 72 hours it has been here in New York City for football. Uh, A tale of two cities. (laughs) <laughs> uh, between the two different franchises and the directions they are going, um, I at least can report on this end more positive than negative. Uh, it I think has been a very successful week so far. If you are a New York Jets fan, joining me to break it down the Jets' first few days of free agency, the one and only Mr. Jesse Finver. Jesse, how you doing, buddy? We don't suck. Yes. <laughs> Did not trade our best player. Yes. That happened. Finally, we do not suck. Uh, you know, it just feels good to be on the other end of uh, the laughs and the jokes. Um, and, you know, some people are still making jokes and laughing at us for paying Le'Veon Bell that much. I see all these, all these tweets like, oh, the 49ers are paying Matt Breida and Kevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon, like the equivalent of Le'Veon Bell, like mm-hmm. real smooth jets. And I'm wow. like, well, I mean, there's a reason you're paying three guys to do the price of one thing because <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is better than all three of those guys by a lot. Yes. Um, yes. And, and I mean, I mean, you're jumping ahead, but that is the where we, of course, are going to start with uh-huh. <laughs> the New York Jets in dramatic fashion after what felt like the longest day ever in free agency at least for, oh, as a jets fan i i oh my God. woke up that morning thinking they had just signed cj mosley and all of a sudden the jets had a chance at Le'Veon bell and other people are other players are are tweeting congratulations i'll let him tell you the team uh all of these different clues then we lose anthony barr back to minnesota and now we're just stuck waiting to see what happens with Le'Veon Bell. The the rumors are flying that the Ravens are involved and the Raiders are involved and the Colts are involved. And then midnight happens a couple hours after the Giants shook up the football world. And uh, Le'Veon Bell drops an album. That is a real thing that happened. And for so many <laughs> credible journalists, they were doing their job. Shout out to Connor Hughes. Um, and listening to Le'Veon Bell's mixtape. And lo and behold, right around midnight, a little after midnight on the East Coast, Le'Veon Bell, it was announced that he is signing a four-year, $52 million deal, about $35 million guaranteed. Uh, he is a New York Jet for the next four years. Jesse, what was your, uh, le- what was your reaction the moment so- you found out Le'Veon Bell's a New York Jet? First of all, this this journalist right here, me, did stay up as well and listen to that album uh-huh. as my journal, my journalistic duty to do so. How is you know, it? I'm more than more than uh, it, you know what? If you like Future, it's it's kind of like that. Okay, you know, um, I almost blacked out when I read Adam Schefter's tweet. I have his notifications on, and I had Josina Anderson's notification on. I had Mike Garofalo's notifications on. I had Ian Rapport's <laughs> notification. I had every. Chris Mortensen, everybody's notifications on. And every single time I'd get these, these push notifications, I, w- I would hold my breath and I, I would my heart would sink because I would open it up. And even if it said the Jet, like there was an earlier signing, they like the Jets cut somebody or they re-signed somebody. 
And I like my heart just was like, and I didn't see Le'Veon Bell and I just like just sunk. And I see that <laughs> message. It was, I'm in the central time zone. So it was like 11, 12 or 11, 13. And it was, a, it was like, he put the dot, dot, dots, like the ellipsis and everything. He tried to add to the suspense. And I mean, he, he did, he did a good job of it. Cause I, <laughs> I read the first part, you know, Le'Veon Bell has decided to, to sign with, and I read the New York Jets, and honestly, I, the next like 20 minutes, I don't really remember much. I just remember going through Twitter and just I if you go through my timeline, just a whole bunch of nonsense and me getting being really excited. He's the best player the Jets have had since Curtis Martin. Hands down. On offense. On offense. No, you're right. right. Hands down. Yeah. And I, when did Curtis Martin, when was his last game with the Jets? You're, 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 you're 2004, 2005, around there. Right. So I was, uh, nine years old. I really wasn't like a huge sports fan yet. You know, like I liked sports, but like, I wasn't like as a diehard Jets fan. I didn't care. Right. So I haven't really experienced having a player and getting to watch a player like this in my lifetime as a real Jets fan. And I, I am over the moon. I am so excited to get to watch this guy. I spent, I've spent hours already watching highlights. This, this guy's highlights. Cause I just kind of forget how good he was. And I forgot how good he was. I mean, he is, you want he, he's what Saquon Barkley is to the giants. He's what Ezekiel Elliott is to the Cowboys. He's what Todd Gurley is to the Rams. He is that level of player. And I mean, just do yourself a favor if, if you're listening to this. You know, after you've listened to the podcast, go and just watch Le'Veon Bell highlights, and it is going to get you giddy for next season because he is that good. Well, on top of what you said about go watch his YouTube highlights, I would actually encourage people go look at his game logs from 2014, where he had over 2,200 yards from scrimmage. Uh, 2016, when the Steelers went 12 and four, and how many times he was their leading receiver, let alone their leading rusher on a team with Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, he's, uh, I mean, 2015, uh, uh, 2016 and 2017, for that matter. Um, the year that caused him to sit out last year, where he had 406 total touches and 321 rushes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I, I don't think in my, in my adult life they've, like, I gotta argue he's, he's got a better skill set than Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin was a very, 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 very good, uh, just a halfback. He like out of the backfield or with cat, like with, uh, in, in the passing attack, Le'Veon just brings so much more to the table. And I think, I think this is just a no brainer. And I mean, at what point for you, did you get, if you did get scared that this might not happen? Cause the one thing I will say about all day on Tuesday and into Wednesday is the one consistent report I kept seeing is that the only real serious team is the Jets. Like it, it was mm-hmm. always right. the Jets, the Jets, they're bidding against themselves. I, I mean, we, I, we all kind of had fun with it on Twitter that like, the only team that could lose a bidding war against themselves is the Jets. Mm-hmm. But did you ever get scared that it wasn't going to be Le'Veon? To the so t- Tuesday, I was convinced it was, he was coming. Uh, and then Wednesday hit and I started seeing all this Ravens all those well, Ravens. Okay, vice versa. Monday because he signed Tuesday night at midnight. Okay, right, right, right. So, geez, my my days are all messed up. Right, it's today's the longest Wednesday. week. In the yeah, long it's time been so. Uh, yeah, it's been so. Like he's it, it is per my brain to mush. And I've said it in the Slack chat so many times. 
Monday, I was convinced he was coming. Tuesday, uh, there were all the Raven stuff happened, and I convinced myself he was. I, I I didn't think he was coming. Yeah, there was a good you know from like I think around six o'clock my time, so seven o'clock Eastern time uh, on to midnight for that six hour stretch. I was I had given up, and I was just like, all right, like we're gonna have to figure something else out. Like this sucks, but whatever. You know, I wasn't expecting anything. Um, and you know, and instead I, we got the best, the best offensive weapon the Jets have ever had ever. You could argue. Uh, yeah. He is. He, all right. Let me throw some stats at you. He's played, he, he has played not played, but he's out of a possible 80 games he could have played. He's missed 31 of those games throughout his entire career. He still has top five stats of all running backs in the NFL over that span. He's missed 31 games. And he still has those numbers. Plus, out of all the players in the history of the league to play running back, he has the highest yards from scrimmage per game in NFL history. 129 yards per scrimmage from game per game. That's more than Jim Brown. That's more than Barry Sanders. That's more than Danny Tomlinson. That's more than Adrian Peterson. It's more than all of them. He is that dude. But and he's basically a, he's, he's yeah. a New York Jet. He's a Hall of Fame running back that the Jets just got in his prime. What we're basically trying to say is Le'Veon Bell's good. This is a very good. This is you. You, if you are not excited about that, like thirteen point one two five million dollars a year, the total max they can get to is sixty one million. And Le'Veon Bell, he did say he would not play for the Jets for any less than sixty million. Right? He rolled his eyes and he tweeted at it. He did that roll eye emoji and he said, "Oh, take more than money to run with the Jets than sixty mil." Right? Someone said, "Oh, yeah, we'll give you sixty mil cash right now." They gave him 61 because he's going to hit the incentives. There you go. And you know what? You know what? Maybe he, maybe he doesn't because 35 mil, that's, bad. that's more than double what the Steelers are offering. So people are ripping on Le'Veon. At the end of the day, it's all about the guaranteed money, and he's making double than what the Steelers offered. Oh, absolutely. Right? Cares what, about he, his- what he did worked. To, a, to an extent, yeah, because the overall money in, in general could be more with the Steelers, but I'm not going to complain because we got Le'Veon. Because he went to the but, Jets. But the guaranteed money, you always look at that number before anything else with the football contracts. And right. he doubled his guaranteed money. Yeah, I, it was, it's a no-brainer from him. It's, it's no-brainer from the Jets' perspective. They held Pat. They didn't – I don't think there actually was a deadline. But I, I, mean, I I'm back and forth on what I believe. I – Again, I think they were bidding against themselves, so I don't necessarily care if there is a deadline or not. If they said, hey, you have until now because we're not going to be used as leverage if you are going to screw us, we have until now. It would have been stupid if they, you know, walked away Wednesday at 12.05 and he was like, hey, I'm still thinking, you know, maybe you should add right. an extra $5 yeah. million. I'm glad they stuck to They thought they were bidding against themselves, which is why he eventually took the deal he did. As far as the actual value of the contract, I've seen a lot of you don't want to overpay for a running back. You don't want to pay for a position like this with the lifespan that it has. In theory, I 100% agree with that. I don't like paying for a running back. I think we talked about this on the end of the year pod. Guy I wanted was for them to take a flyer on Kareem Hunt, and it was never going to happen, but that's how you find value in a position like that. Kareem Hunt on a small deal. Um, I would have preferred they actually went out and draft a running back and it worked out that way. Benny Smell or or Devin Singletary, or, Just, right? Like, but but drafting a running back in the third round mm-hmm. and developing him, like what the Saints have done with Kamara, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, how he said that, 
I think you can look at what the Jets currently have, and I think it's going to matter with context. When your quarterback is on his rookie deal, you can get away with overpaying for other positions. You look at what right. the Browns are building right now. They can overpay at other positions because their quarterback's on a rookie deal. They're leading pass rushers on a rookie deal. Denzel Ward's on a rookie deal. Uh, Nick Chubb is on a rookie deal. Um, they can now go out and overpay and acquire an Odell Beckham and extend him even further if they want. Kareem Hunt is like making a five mil, maybe. Which is pennies, not, you know? Not so, guaranteed. Not guaranteed either. With the Jets, you look at the situation they're in. I don't like overpaying for a running back or honestly, Mosley, which we'll get to in a second. But the context matters. You can't just say, like, never overpay for a guy like this when, in in theory, they actually can do this. So this yeah. is an A-plus move for the Jets. And also, and on top of that, the, the exact details, I don't think that the Jets have actually announced the signing yet. Um, I mean, but he's changed his profile. Like, he, he's posted on Instagram. It's yeah. It's happening. Right. So it's a foregone conclusion. It's happening. But the exact details and the money breakdown and whatnot per year and what the team options or player options are I, from what I've been seeing, the Jets can are most likely be able to cut bait after like two or three seasons and not have to fill, fill the whole contract if they so choose, you know, or they could be contending and they decide they want to keep them. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out that well or if he gets hurt or whatever, they can cut him loose and it'll be fine, you know. And same, I'm pretty sure similarly with that, with that Tremaine Johnson contract as well. I, I think that the jets are really set up. They, they've been really smart with their money. And the fact that I, I said in my, in my free agency, free agency wish, wish list that I was willing to pay this dude 21 million a year at most. And that was not something I wanted to do. I was saying, if you have to, if you really have to, if you get into a bidding war, the most I'll go up to is 21 million, which is an absurd amount. It's crazy amount of money to pay a running back. And the Jets would be absolutely idiotic in all, all honesty to even consider paying him that much money. They didn't. They paid a third less of that. They paid $13 million, like $8 million less than I was willing to give. $13 million for Le'Veon Bell is out of control good for the Jets. You said it. It's an A+. plus. It's a home run. It's, a, uh, it's everything we could have hoped for in this signing. And I am just so, so excited. So excited. Let's go. <laughs> now, he's not the only offensive player that the Jets acquired as we transition a bit. Um, they also got James and Crowder. Mm -hmm. uh, really a, a, a third wide receiver, like a slot wide receiver. Um, yeah, that's what they got him for. Yeah, he's, he's going to be the replacement for Jermaine Curse, you know. And and he'll be a better, a much better version of Jermaine Curse. He's a little bit smaller than him, but he's a true slot receiver. You know, they don't have to put Quincy Nunwa in the slot anymore, which he was not a fan of last season. You know, he was openly tweeting after after that. Who was it? Was it wasn't Morton? It was um, I. I hated him so much. I'm blanking out on his name. But what, the, the, oh, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, Jeremy Bates. Yeah, Bate, Morton was two years ago. Bates last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hated him so much. I forgot his name already. Uh, Bates, he was openly tweeting out saying like, oh yeah, thank God I get to play outside now, you know, <laughs> and no one was. So like, we should all be really happy that he gets to play outside. He's a beast of a receiver and Crowder is, he, he, he's definitely struggled with injuries and I will only really be satisfied with this deal if he can stay on the field. Cause it's not that it's not a super cheap deal. I think it's what 20 it was three years for like 28 mil. Right. Yeah. And 
I think like 16 or 17 guaranteed. That's like a decent amount of money for a guy who hasn't been able to stay that healthy over the past couple of seasons. However, when he is healthy, he's really, really good. You know, this is a guy who can really open up the middle of the field for an offense. He's really shifty. He's good with quarterbacks, really good with communication. That's something that he's been known for in Washington and, and being able to be on the same page as his quarterback and, and runs really, really tight and crisp routes. Uh, something that, you know, not exactly, you're, you're not exactly getting when you're throwing Andre Roberts and Jermaine curse out there, uh, for, for Sam Darnold in the slot. So definitely a plus signing for the jets. It's not that risky, you know, but I, I at the end of the day, the injury, you, you gotta, you gotta hope that this guy just stays healthy. You know, it's not too much money because they have the jets have so much cap. I think they still have 40 million cap. Yeah. Thank which you. We'll Anthony get to, Barr. Which we'll get to later, right? But, <laughs> yeah. But, but this is a this is a good signing. Yeah, and it's 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 low risk, high reward. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. the guaranteed money is is a little high, but if like you said, if he's on the field, he's productive, and mm-hmm. he's a guy that if you were going into next season just with Andre Roberts, um, he's really only there to do one thing, and it's return kicks. Jamison Crowder is there to be a wide receiver that plays, you know. Special teams. Special, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Like he's, uh, uh, he's gonna be your third option on the field. Sometimes you're one. And he can he has the capability to to get nine receptions for 120 yards one game. And then right. two receptions for fifty and has that one deep pass one game, you know? I and I'm okay with this signing because we signed Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. This 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 in can't a, be in a vacuum it's kind of an eh deal, but yeah. When you add it to the bigger picture of then Adding uh, uh, Samuel, yeah, like when you added to the big picture of what they're putting together, it's actually a pretty solid, nice, yeah. solid improvement to the offense. Yeah, alone it's eh, like you said, but I think when we when you add it to a simile, like and and Bell and everything, it, it's a good signing and. Can we talk about assembly for a second? You sure can. Jets acquired I, him from the Oakland Raiders. Um, I thought it was going to be one of two moves that they made, but I, in a vacuum, it's still a very good deal that they they made for for the, from the Raiders. So, what was what were the exact terms? Do you have it up? I do. Yeah. It was a fifth round pick. Well, more of like a pick swap. Uh, the Jets' fifth for the Raiders' sixth for assembly. Um, I'm going to say his name wrong forever. I usually say my offensive lineman's name wrong forever. They're just <laughs> the guy blocking my quarterback. Um, uh, Kelechi Osemele. Okay, there you go. Jesse with the pronunciation for me and for all of you. Uh, he signed a $58 million deal, um, a five-year $58 million deal with the Raiders in 2016. Uh, the last two years of his deal aren't guaranteed. So you're really only paying him about eleven to twelve million dollars this season, and you can cut bait with no cap hit at the end of the year. Right. And he's 30. And honestly, you may want to just keep him at that what 10-ish million a year, 10, like 10.9 million a year. He's over he's owed 21.9 million over the final two, two years of his contract. Like right. you said, it's not guaranteed. This is a guy who is one of the top guards in the league when he's healthy. He's former all pro. Pro Bowler, absolute. I, I know watching offensive linemen highlights are not <laughs> something that anybody in really enjoys doing unless you played offensive line or just you know just really just love watching the trenches. Yeah. But but Kalechi Assembly is a dog, 
And Jamal Adams asked for dogs, and they he got one on the <laughs> offensive line. This when this guy is healthy, he it's pancake block after pancake block. And being a this is another move where when you have Isaiah Correll and Bilal Powell, it's it's okay. It's a solid move. You know, I mean, adding a guard is always important, but it's not going to be a game changer. But when you have a guy who can hold that block for just an extra second, when a guy, when you have a running back who's averages over three seconds in the backfield per rush attempt in Le'Veon Bell because of his patience and, and, that, and that running style, it, it could make the difference between a touchdown and a five yard run. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that adding a guy of this caliber is a good first step. They need to address the offensive line more. They need to find a center, maybe another tackle. Um, although I think that they're really set with Beecham and I guess they're going to go with bell. Um, cause they, they, they don't have carpenter anymore. Um, you know, I think they'll play Brian winters opposite of hello Semele, and that'll be the line, you know? And I, the, the, what, what, what I like about that is, you know, Beecham's played with Le'Veon Bell in the past. Um, so that's a plus. And it's just nice to finally have a guy. He's the best guard that Jets have had since probably like Brandon Moore and Alan Fanica and those guys, you know, those like about 10 years ago. And this is a really Holy big. Pl- that was 10 years ago. The Fanica, yeah. the Ferguson, Nick Mangold line. Yep. Oh, my God. Wow. Da- Damian, Damian Woody and Brandon Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that was like the best line in my lifetime for the Jets. And Mine they, too. Don't get me they wrong. They blocked for, for Sean Green and Thomas Jones. And both of them were, LT, you know, had their yeah. moments. LT and Thomas Jones had, was a really good running back, probably the second best running back we've seen in our lifetime that, that on the Jets because we haven't seen Le'Veon Bell yet. So you get Curtis Martin and Thomas Jones, you know, but this, this, this is different. And adding a guy like Assembly that can set the tone um, on the offensive line. It's, it's just such a plus move for the Jets. They need to address more, and we'll get into that on the line. But this this was a really good, especially for what they traded, a fifth rounder for this guy. Mm-hmm. When, when you have this much cap space, no brainer, no brainer. Uh, random, but did you know that Thomas Jones uh, uh, was in the movie Straight Outta Compton? Have you seen the movie Straight Outta Compton? Yeah, wait, what? Okay. Yeah, it's it's a very minor role, but he plays like an intimidator that goes to try and convince Eazy-E to let Dr. J out of his contract. It's like a very small scene. Like, YouTube it later. Um, also, Thomas Jones, um, follower of Claudio, who once told him uh, to go sniff a jockstrap because I quote tweeted one of his tweets to make a joke at his expense, and it worked. Um, so yeah, shout out Thomas Jones, a friend of the pod. Um, oh my goodness. I think with <laughs> offensive linemen, the best offensive lines are the ones that you don't know their names. You just know that your quarterback has great protection. Like Quentin Nelson last year was different because of the trade that the Jets made. Um, there was a lot made of the protection that Andrew Luck had last year. It's really only when a quarterback has no protection or it is so obvious. Like, who's the guy that the Jets, uh, he had a bad finger and Bulls kept him in the game? Spencer Long. Yeah, like, we knew Spencer Long's name because he had five consecutive bad snaps over Darnold's head last year against the Dolphins. Right. You know, like, you only notice a bad offensive lineman when he's having a bad game. It's like or, it's super or, noticeable when your offensive line is bad. It's not as noticeable when you, when you're, he's, you have a good offensive line. Yeah, I know. I do agree with that. But I mean, there are some times, you know, I mean, you know, every Browns fan knows who 
Joe Thomas's because he was yeah, the best but my point, for 15 years. My point <laughs> is more like, you know, these guys names if you're a fan of the team, but like the casual football fan, I could not tell you a name of a Patriots offensive right, like, lineman, if, but I know that they have great protection and probably the greatest NFL, uh, the, the greatest uh, line coach. I forget what his name is, but uh, all he does is train up stars and they go someplace else and get paid. My point right. being, if we never hear this guy's name this season, you know, which is why I said like the joke about it, I'm not going to learn his name. Right. It's because he's done a tremendous job and it's because he's made it so that all we notice is that, hey, wow, Donald has an extra second or two this year, you know? Yeah, right. Like, it's just like, all right, if you were watching a Jets game last year uh, with the person who'd never watched the Jets or football before, right? Uh, and they watched Spencer Long snap the ball over Sam's head five times in the same game before being taken out. The person who had never watched football before is going to be like, hey, wh- who's the guy who keeps on doing that? Exactly. Right? You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is, what's that guy's deal? Who's yeah. that guy? <laughs> All right. So that's the only time. I agree. Yeah, that's like the only time. And hopefully we don't hear Coletio Semele's name being called unless he absolutely blows somebody up on a touchdown run for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, CJ Mosley. Uh, the Jets signed him to an yeah, $85 million deal. He was a linebacker for the Ravens. Uh, $85 million over five years. $51 million of that is guaranteed. He's going to make about $17 million a year. So it's really like the first three years are guaranteed. Uh, there's a theme with all of the Jets' contracts, and it's that the next three years, the next three years of Sam Darnold's contract, that is a rookie deal, um, they're going to go for it. And mm-hmm. adding Mosley, it's a bit of an overpay at the position. For me, this mm-hmm. goes back to Le'Veon Bell being while you have this window where you're paying your quarterback pennies, you can afford to overpay at other positions. And by all accounts, Mosley's really good. And it's 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 an overpay, but you'd rather have him on your team. Um, and it's not an overpay by too much, you know, to have like an off ball right. linebacker on your team. What was your your thoughts on adding Mosley? Yeah, you know, I think I woke up. That, so that was the start to my Tuesday. Um, I woke up and it was an early morning signing and I was real excited. Uh, and I'll bring, I'm going to bring up Anthony Barr into this conversation as well in a second. Okay. But, you know, we had Anthony Barr and I was real excited about that. And then we go into CJ, we get CJ Mosley. I'm like, wow, like we got a guy who can, can rush the passer now. And we got a guy who's going to stop the run like we haven't seen since Bart Scott and David Harris. And David Harrison is prime. Bart Scott was probably not probably was definitely a better player. So we're getting a really good, another really good Ravens free agent linebacker. You know, oh, I just feel yeah. like we kind of just snag, snag them from the Ravens all the time. That's what we did with Rex with Bart Scott. Say, and this time it's not to come play with Rex. You know, it's a completely different situation <laughs> now. Right. And, you know, we definitely overpaid. I think that he's, he's a really good downhill off ball linebacker who can stop the run. He'll, he'll be the leader of the, uh, of the front seven. Um, but he definitely is not in today's NFL. And that's, it, we're going to see it a lot with Le'Veon Bell doing this to opposing defenses. Um, CJ Mosley isn't, he's not going to get burned. Like, like we saw like a Landon Collins do against Tariq Cohen last year. Right. Right. But, but, but he, he's definitely not Ryan Shazier in coverage. Um, who who obviously is going through his thing, but like when he's Ryan Shazier, he's one of the best. Like or Tev, Telvin Smith, right? Yeah, another really good fast <laughs> linebacker, great in coverage. Um, I I think that he it's like you said, 
it's setting the lot, the linebacker market for the future. Uh, definitely a position that has less value than it once did, but there are Ravens fans who thought this guy is the next Ray Lewis for them. You know, the next guy who's going to be the leader of this de- their defense for the next 10 years. Um, and instead he took, he got, he got, he took the bag, man. I mean, five years, I think it was like what? 85 million. Um, this is, this is a, a win now move. I was, I was way more excited when it was Mosley and Bart, like plain and simple. I was way more excited when I thought we were getting both of them. Whatever Anthony Barr wants to do, go for, go ahead. You took less money to go live in Minnesota. All you buddy. Minnesota apparently means a lot to you. Um, no, he won't get, he won't get sick there. It's fine. He, I mean, he lives in New him. York getting physically sick all the time. He'll never play. And then, I mean, what would that be like? That'd be awful. Terrible. I, whatever. <laughs> Go fine, Anthony. I enjoyed the Anthony Barr tenure all twenty four hours. You know what? No, no, no. Can I say something about this. <sighs> what? I, you know, at first I was really excited. I was like, "Wow, like this is an impact guy." But if you really look at it, Anthony Barr, if we watched him play last year, is was an absolute shell of himself. And I think the Jets really dodged a bullet here because yes, they wanted him to to, to do something different than he's been doing and be the rush the edge rusher. But that guy hasn't rushed the passer passer in five years since college. Okay. Who knows if he's, if, 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 if he'll be a, a competent three down pass rusher in the NFL, I don't want to have to deal with that headache of that, that experiment, a 13 million or 14, what is it? 14 and a half million dollar experiment. No, 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 no. There are way more options out there to address the pass rush situation. And the jets are in really good position to do so. So I'm, I, I honestly think the jets, kind of ran away with this with this deal and and turned out to be really good for them that they didn't have I think to they sign dodged it. a bullet here. I think they dodged a bullet. Okay. I it, see it 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 adds into my Mosley feelings that they didn't get Bar because if they got both it's awesome. But getting one of them I'm a little underwhelmed, you know? Like it's just it's just plain and simple. I wanted both when I thought we had both. It's like, "Oh wow, like Anthony Barr alone was okay, but now you get Mosley, add Le'Veon, and we improved both sides of the ball. It, Jesse's right, though. There's a way to address the pass rushing issue on this team where you, in other ways, Justin Houston, you, you can get very, the three pick very in the draft creative. could be one of them. Like Jesse's saying, we can, they can get creative. Um, I think that's it for the big names that they signed. Um, I mean, they re-signed Henry Anderson. Uh, and that's resigned Daryl Roberts. That's that's kind of a big name for the Jets, Henry Anderson, because he he led the team in sacks last year, and and they're paying him twenty five million dollar a year right now. That's that's a decent. I mean, not sorry, twenty five million over three years. Say what did I miss? <laughs> Where did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he he's not making Damian Lillard money. No, no. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not making. He's he's, he's a really money. Yeah, he's a really good. He's a really good. Th- down lineman who can, you know, he, he obviously he's more of a three, four pass rusher, but th- what's nice about Greg Williams is that he's, he, he's not going to just be like, nah, we're running four, three, like screw all you guys. No, he, he's going to run a hybrid of, of a defense and, and throw multiple fronts at people. And Henry Anderson's a guy that really excelled for the jets last year, you know, and, and with that third pick, I think that they'll be able to add another interior lineman or an edge rusher and, or they'll sign an edge rusher. And having Henry Anderson in the rotation with Leonard Williams is going to be a really, really big benefit for the Jets this year. 
I like it. I like it. And I will say the only negative I could say about the guys they didn't re-sign is I really don't understand why they didn't bring Myers back. You know, there must have been... I don't. The details of that haven't come out yet. I guess they just didn't offer him a deal. You know, he was probably asking... I mean, he was a pro bowler last year, and his agent's probably get, trying to get him paid. You know? Can't blame the guy for trying to get a bag. So get uh, a bag. Like, the Jets have all this cap space. And- but why, why would you spend... Why would, like, all right... He had a breakout year as a kicker. He had never, and he tailed off really badly at the end of the season. Right. So, what was his tail off other than the Houston game? Like, he missed he two missed, kicks in the Houston game. He still, I think there was another, another game or two where he missed a bunch of, missed a bunch of kicks. Um, I just think that you, there's no reason to pay a kicker that much unless he's, unless he's been doing this for three, four years already. And, you know, and you, you sign a Goskowski or a Robbie Gould or, uh, Matt Bryant or whatever to these long-term, like these three or four year deals worth $12 million where they can, they can do that. Right. But Jason Myers, I just don't view him as that kind of guy. And you know what? Same with Andre Roberts. He's just Brad Smith to me. You know, it, when, oh, you, when you, for real, yeah. It, when you have a, when you have a, uh, special teams coach like the jets do, you know, he, he did such a good job last year. And I think that being able to have a, a guy like that, you, you can just kind of plug and play. And, and like we get, we got another spe- a really good special teams guy in Josh Bellamy, Jameson Crowder will be able to take kicks back. Uh, I, I just think that special teams, it's all about coaching uh, and effort and the jets seem to have that. So I think that they will be fine without those guys. I agree. I'm, I'm way less afraid of the, the Andre Roberts or concerned or bothered by the Andre Roberts. Dude, people are yelling on Twitter. They're like, Oh, he's a pro. He was all pro. Like we lost. Like, where's Andre. Like we got to bring him back. Hey, right, come on. Like let's right. relax. He's, and, he's a kick returner and he was awful on offense. Like and, the guy can't contribute anything besides kicks. That's and to, all. To, to add on to that. I forget who said it on Twitter, but like the reason they drafted uh Trey cannon was because he was supposed to be their kick returner and Andre right. Roberts broke out. Now it's just, you either have Crowder become your kick returner or you find another weapon. Like Jesse just said, the 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 way special teams highlights happen, so much has to do with who else is who's blocking, how uh the different scheme that comes up with on the kick, you know. Um it there's so much that goes into a kick return. Um I just want a guy that can catch the ball and not fumble it. Like that that, that at a certain <laughs> point, it's more about possession for me at a certain point. Um, and the special teams coach, I just want to shout him out because I didn't use his name, but Brant Boyer, and he is he is the real deal. And I mean, I hope so. Um, yeah, I haven't had a good one since uh, the guy that's on SNY now. Um, I, <laughs> as far as Myers goes, I just really value a kicker. It's similar to lineman. You only know of how bad your kicker is when he's bad. When he's good, you kind of take him for granted. And with Myers, he was automatic for like thirteen straight weeks. I'm now, with I, you. I that disagree. Four years, sixteen million is a lot for a kicker, and I probably, in hindsight, I'm gonna be fine that they just get another kicker and go into it again with no consistency at the kicker position. I just the way teams get conservative at end of games, I'd like them to have some type of sure thing at the end of the game, like I, Jason I, Myers was last year. I disagree. I think that that a kicker is not somebody that you just don't know the name of. I think that a kicker is somebody that everybody knows the name of because you see them every single time they score a touchdown and these kickers miss extra points now and everybody misses extra, uh, extra points and, and field goals in the playoffs. And okay. Okay. Kicking has been a major issue 
maybe I don't necessarily mean like you don't know his name. I'm saying he's only like you take it for granted. You're bad. You're good kicker until you have a bad kicker. You know what I'm saying? Like last year, the Seahawks cut Jason Myers because they had Jankowski. Like, obviously, you know the name of Seabass, but you only noticed him because he was a problem last year. The kicker for the Browns uh, that missed the the field going overtime okay. and right. then yeah, yeah, at yeah. the beginning of last year. You only noticed him because he was missing kicks. With the Patriots, right. you only noticed, like, we have a problem at kicker. When Goskowski was missing field goals and extra points. I, I just, you don't really notice how important your kicker is until you have a bad one. I guess is where I'm going with that. You, the same thing with the lineman. You don't really notice how important having a good offensive tackle is until you have a bad one. Right. And that's the same thing for me with the kicker. And I, Myers was really good last year. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you know what? I just, I don't see the need. No, it's just, not at, not at 16 million for four years. That's that. I mean, I don't even think I think it has was, to be I think he'd be even, he'd be asking for a little bit less than that, but even so, just, you know, you should be signing a kicker like two years, like, like three or $4 million and call it a day. I forget who said it, but the jets apparently still have about $40 million in cap space, maybe 30 to $40 million in cap space. That was me. That was me. You said that I meant like, okay, I meant on the internet. So Jesse <laughs> said earlier that the Jets still have 30 to $40 million. I meant like the capologist that actually knew right, like the right. exact yes. number. I did not have make a spreadsheet to figure that out. No, I oh, read okay. that. It's okay. Good. I got that one right. At least what do you still want to see them do? All right. Well, obviously we've been talking about, they need an edge rusher still. And there is definitely one out there that I would love to get. His name is Justin Houston. Mm, We a line right there, buddy. Yeah. Justin Houston. uh, I think it was 2014. He had 22 sacks last year. He had nine sacks the year before he had nine and a half last year. He was hurt. He was playing hurt uh, though. Um, I think he missed a game or two the year before that, you know, uh, this is a guy He's 30 years old. um, But I mean, pro football focus had him at, 89.8 89.8 as a pass rush grade last year, even though he, he missed a bunch of games. He, he's still a very, very good player um, that, you know, you're not going to have to break the bank to get him. I don't think. Um, Cause I mean, chiefs cut him. He was making like 15 and a half mil, but I think that when you, when you, he's a 30 year old edge rusher, you're not going to be paying that much for him. You know, he's not 26 and Trey flowers. Right. So Justin Houston's one guy. Um, I'd really love, I mean, there's Shaquille Barrett, you know, he kind of got lost in the shuffle uh, when they drafted Bradley Chubb in Denver. He's a good, uh, good player. If you're going to trade Darren Lee, you know, um, maybe, maybe throw some money at Zach Brown, but linebacker isn't another huge, a huge uh, concern right now, unless you're going outside linebacker, like Justin Houston really is. So there's some, the the biggest glaring need other than edge rusher is cornerback. You need an outside corner. We're not going to be re-signing Morris Claiborne. Uh, and we need a slot corner because thank goodness that Buster Screen is in Chicago now. And they are going to hate his guts. <laughs> Bears fans are going to hate him holding penalties galore and everything and getting burned. Um, he is awful. And I'm so happy he's gone. So that leaves a couple of... Did you hear of, about his free, his, uh, the meeting he had with the Bears uh, that led to his signing? I did not. Do, do you have a good story here? Well, no. When he went to shake uh, the Bears GM's hand, he held on for just a little too long and got flagged for 15 yards. <laughs> got him. That's, that's on the house, guy. He's on the week. So, all right. I, I think that you got to target Ronald Darby. You know, he's played with the Eagles. He's coming off a torn ACL. 
Uh, and you got to ta- uh, target Jason Verrett, who's coming off a tour of Achilles tendon. These are guys who you can get for well below market value because of these injuries that are above average to really good cornerbacks when they're healthy. Verrett, you can even call him elite when he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy since 2015, though. That's the issue. And he was one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL in 2015. Um, it's definitely try and get one of those two guys. Uh, I know that they're looking at uh, Poole from, uh, from Atlanta as a mm-hmm. slot corner. Um, that'd be okay. I, I would, I would have loved to get Roby, but I think that he signed, I think it was Carolina. Uh, let me double that. I'm looking at the tracker now. Texans, Texans. That's where he went. Um, so that would have been a guy that I wanted in my free agent wish list. Um, and then you need, you need to stir up the offensive line. You know, uh, you need another, uh, interior, you need a center, um, or, or another guard. Um, and, and the Jets are right now, they're looking at Josh Sitton, who was one of the better offensive linemen in the NFL uh, at his position at guard at the guard position over the last six or five or six years with the Bears. And, and he signed with the Dolphins and uh, he got hurt. Wasn't very good last year, but Gase, he's a Gase guy. So, I mean, that's a, a guy that has been connected to the Jets because of Adam Gase. Um, and he, then you need like, just got released by Miami, right? Right, just got released. So that's like a, a thing today where people are saying that yeah. Adam Schefter is saying he's likely to sign with the Jets. So that's a guy you can keep on your radar. Uh, you know, he, Who knows? Maybe he's a Jet by the time this comes out. Um, but I, I think that you also need to, if, if there's a center out there, which I don't really think there is, you got to try and get fill that center position uh, unless you want to address that in the, uh, in the draft, yeah, which, we'll, which we'll get to. Took the words right out of my mouth. If you want to address the... We keep forgetting that you don't have to build your entire roster. At least I keep forgetting. A lot of Jeff fans keep forgetting. You don't have to build your entire roster in the first week of free agency. You can it's wait to that- see where the deals are and then find the bargains. And then you have a whole two months to start preparing for the draft. And then you get six cracks at it, you know? Well, what, what's what's what, what Jets fans are feeling and what, what me and you are feeling, subco- what you're feeling subconsciously, I think, and what I'm definitely feeling consciously is that Mac, Mac, Mike McCagnin has struck out time and time again in the well, draft. I mean, that's the underlying criticism of the Le'Veon deal, of the Le'Veon deal, is that the reason you have to overpay for a running back is because you've struck out in the draft significantly the last couple of years to where you're so bereft of talent, you now need to go out and overpay in free agency. Like if, right. if you hadn't struck out so badly in the draft and actually developed some players, you would have uh, the flexibility that you wouldn't need to offer CJ Mosley this type of money or a Le'Veon Bell. I'm glad they're both on my football team, but it doesn't like we're in context able to process that it's because he's been so bad. Um, I want to throw a name at you. Mm-hmm. You Throw talked about me. defensive end. Uh, would you be open to a Muhammad Wilkinson reunion on the right deal? <laughs> okay, that's a no. Jesse would not be up for a Muhammad Wilkinson. <laughs> no reunion. way. No. On how. the right deal. On the right deal. Nope. Not okay. even close. Not right. even. Not a. Not a chance in hell. I would ever consider that uh, a guy. Uh, I would maybe throw a flyer at is Ziggy Ansa. Maybe on the right um, deal. On the right deal. Like a one on the or right two deal. Yeah, on the right deal, maybe. Um, you know, I think that you know he's been so injury prone, just like Wilkerson. 
you kind of like like it, it, it would have to be a flyer of a deal. Um, here's a name I'll throw at you that I want to hear your thoughts on. Jets have Chris Herndon, but they could always use another tight end. What do you think of Jared Cook? I was I was wondering if you're gonna go there as soon as you said tight end. Um, how old is Jared Cook now? He's thirty. He'll be thirty-two. Uh, same thing, right? Deal. You know, not he's obviously not gonna play every down. He's kind of like what Jason Witten's gonna be this year for the Cowboys. Uh, I know? wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go Maybe that far. Maybe because Jason, wait, yeah, because Jason, because Jared Cook didn't miss a year to be a bad Monday Night Football broadcaster, but like Jared Cook's production was significantly down last year, right? No, I think he had actually no. He I I think that it was the, quite the opposite. He he had one of his better his better years. Gonna make um, me pull up with numbers. with the Raiders. He was he, you know he ran obviously he ran a, a oh yeah he's a, he a career year. Where was I yeah. for the <laughs> career year that Jerry Cook had last year? He he ran a four four nine out of at the combine in two thousand nine, and he's I, he's still a great athlete. Say, like ten he, years ago, <laughs> he's still a great. He's still a really, really good athlete. Um, uh, and I, he had a career year last year with Derek Carr. I think that I don't think that it's necessarily a move that they need to make, but it's something that's definitely intriguing because you already have your pass catching tight end. What they need right now is a is a blocking tight end, if anything. Which wouldn't be Jared Cook, though, right? Because no, not, I don't think it would. I mean, he's a big guy. He's not a he's not a true. He's not like it, it's very rare you're going to get a guy who can do what Jared Cook does and also block. And that guy's name is Gronk. Yeah, and. Like Jared Cook's the guy you overpay for if Herndon didn't work out. Like it, he's the guy that because he would be a McCagnan fix in free agency because you struck out in the draft. Right. One thing that they did get right last year is it looked like they found a, a real weapon in Herndon. And as a result, you don't need to go out and overpay for a Jared Cook. Right. I'm very hesitant to give any type of big money to a 32-year-old tight end. That's just that's yeah. just me. I apologize that I didn't realize he had almost 900 yards and six touchdowns. That happens when you're four and twelve. I just don't notice how bad, how good you are on a bad team, unless what you're you, like my bad team. Um, well, we're not bad anymore. One and two, <laughs> two. Let me throw another name at you at right now. Okay, Ndamukong Sue. Uh, what would it, what would you do to get him? Not a lot. That's the thing with Sue at this point in his career. The similar to how the Rams used him last year. He's a third down pass rusher. He's just a guy that comes in plays about 15 snaps on defense and it's the 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 specific snaps you need a stop, you know, you need a sack. Um I think it would be like in 2010 when the Jets brought in Jason Taylor, except they're not going for a <laughs> Super Bowl, you know? Like right, it's right. So I look at Sue, I don't think he's washed. I think he's just like it's like when the Falcons signed Dwight Freeney and it was clear you are here to play 15 snaps. And then they went to the Super Bowl because every third down they were bringing Dwight Freeney to solidify the defense. Um, I on the right deal on both of these guys on all of these guys, you know. Right. So absolutely, this does lead into the draft though, and this okay. is where we'll wrap up. Um, the Jets still have the third pick. There is now so much else surrounding the third pick, like. The one pick is probably going to be Kyler Murray, even though they the Cardinals traded up to get a quarterback last year to get Josh Rosen. Uh, the Niners, now that they signed D Ford, might also be trading out of the two pick. Here is where I stand, Jesse, and then I'll turn it over to you. I think there are three very good 
defensive prospects in this draft. Quinton Williams, uh, Josh Allen, and, and Nick Bosa. And I know that there's some hesitations about Williams because, well, not Williams, about Josh Allen because he went to Kentucky and it's really only one good season that he had. My counter to that is just that these are college guys. Like the difference between a, a one year wonder and a guy that had two good years is literally just one year. These are guys who just, they played in college. Like the, there's not that big a gap between guys you had have a long track record of two great years than the guy that is a one hit wonder with one great year. I okay. think yeah. Josh Allen is actually really good, especially in the highlights that I've watched. Um, where I stand is I don't think there's a bad pick at three that, that especially with those three, I don't think you can really get this wrong. I've been a proponent of trading down, but like you said repeatedly, I don't think in Greg Williams's hybrid defense and like Kentucky runs a lot of that. Actually, I don't think there's going to be a bad pick, whether you go with the edge rusher like Josh Allen, or if you just go with a, a nose tackle, like, uh, Quinn and Williams, or if, I mean, shoot, if you get lucky, if Bosa falls to you, take him. I don't think there's going to be a wrong pick. So I'm not going to get upset if the, they, whoever they get at number three, if they stay with number three and get one of those three. Right. I agree. I think that, I think there's more than just three good picks at three, to be honest. I think there are a lot of players. If it's, it all depends on your need. Like if you need a middle linebacker, Devin white at three, if, 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 you're, if the jets True. needed a middle linebacker, Devin white at three is a no brainer. Right. And he is that good. Plus he rides horses, you know, and he wouldn't be the second player in New York to ride horses to work, uh, joining UNSS. Hope, with us. I was going to say, hopefully he has a longer <laughs> and less injury played career with the, with this New York team. So. Right. But I mean, they just signed CJ Mosley, so that's not going to happen. Right. So that eliminates him. That leaves a whole lot of edge rushers and defensive lineman prospects that the jets can take. Now there's, Nick Bosa, who many believe is going to be going to the 49ers, all right, because many believe that the Cardinals are going to take Kyler Murray. Now, here's what I think. I think the Jets are going to need to trade down. And if they trade, the only way they trade down is if Nick Bosa is taken. If Nick Bosa is there, you take him at three. If not, draft night, you trade down and, and you take a Ceylon Farrell or a Rashawn Gary or an Ed Oliver or Josh Allen, if he's there. Hell, even a Greedy Williams, if you want to address the secondary, right? Maybe even a Jonah Williams, if you want to address the offensive line. There's a lot of options if you trade down. But I think, based on a lot of stuff that I've seen, one, the Giants were told that, or the Giants are willing to make a move for Josh Rosen if he's made available by the Cardinals, right? Which means if that happens, which I think is going to happen, uh, at, or at least Josh Rosen's going to be traded, maybe not to the Giants, but he'll be traded in my opinion. Kyler Murray's going to go one. 49ers did something very interesting yesterday, and they did a sign and trade for D Ford from uh, uh, it's not Cincinnati, Kansas City. Excuse mm -hmm. me. All right, second round pick for D Ford, and signed him for like a five year, eighty something million dollar deal. There's their edge rusher right there. You know, they they already have. Uh, DeForest Buckner and a bunch of other guys that rush the passer and, and whatnot. Maybe they take, or, or you know, actually I, I was reading today that they're kind of disappointed in DeForest Buckner uh, and some of the other guys they have. So maybe they take Quinn and Williams instead. That leaves either Nick Bosa or Josh Allen. I am not a hundred percent sold. I was kind of 
we were talking about it earlier in the Slack chat. I was kind of talking myself in the circles about Josh Allen, where I was like, I don't know if I'm sold because he had a breakout season, but he also dominated the SEC and you know he was really good and it would be a perfect fit for the Jets because he's the six five edge six five two sixty edge rusher. He's lightning quick, but if Nick Bosa's there, he's the pick over Josh Allen. Absolutely, right? it's not even and, close. Yeah, and and when you when you when you take when you if you take Nick Bosa, you're set at edge for the next ten years, right? If you if he's gone, and what I just laid out doesn't happen, you trade down to either uh, to either five if for some reason Bruce Arians wants to draft a quarterback, right? Six if the Giants want to if the, if the Giants want to. Wisen up sure and want to draft a quarterback. <laughs> Wisen up and draft a quarterback. You're not going to trade up with the Jaguars anymore because they got Nick Foles for 100 mil. You know the Bills are set at quarterback. The Broncos are set at quarterback. Maybe the Bengals at 11. Maybe they want to try and draft a quarterback. But I think that they're going to try and stick with Andy Dalton for another year for some reason. The Dolphins, they could tr- try and trade up. I doubt that they'll try and do it with the Jets. Yeah, I, that that's the big that. thing. It's in the division. I. I mean, you've said all the the viable candidates, though. and and the Redskins at fifteen, they need a quarterback also, and they have like CBS has them take Daniel Jones at fifteen. Yes and no on the Redskins looking for a quarterback though, right? So I mean, there are teams that definitely could trade up, and I think it's more realistic that you'll see like the the Giants try and do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, that's like the ideal option for them to try and trade up. Um, maybe I would, the, need, I, would, and I would also love for them to trade up to two. Because that means that Nick Bosa, if they trade up the two, it means they'll take Haskins at two, and then Nick Bosa. Oh, you're either- saying that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we can write off the Giants trading up. They just they just traded Odell Beckham. It would and be we? so. Ca- I mean, we really can't rule anything out that Dave Gettleman's going to do. But Dave Gettleman, you want to talk about? Said, Dave Gettleman said six days ago that we did not sign Odell Beckham to trade him, and then. He traded him yesterday. <laughs> they did indeed. Narrator. They did indeed <laughs> sign Odell Beckham to trade him. I don't think you can rule out anything that Dave Gettleman can do. I just also, the counterproductive move of trading Odell Beckham and getting a first round pick just so you can trade that pick and the six pick just to move up three spots. So in theory, you're trading up, you're trading Odell Beckham and the six pick to move up three spots to your crosstown rival to take the quarterback that you should have just taken last year is is the ultimate I have no clue what I'm doing move in in the history of I have no clue what I'm doing moves. Um, <laughs> Which is I awesome as a Jets fan to be able to say that. We've been saying this since November. I wanted the Jets to trade down. I unfortunately have to look at what is out there, and I just don't see a deal that I love. It's, it's literally if the Raiders see somebody at three that – that they really like, but there's no reason for, because I think they're thinking the same thing. There's no reason for them to trade up because there's, they're either going to get Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen or worst case scenario, Nick Bosa falls. I think with Nick Bosa, he is the clear cut best, like number one overall should be going to the Cardinals pick. And because Cliff Kingsbury loves Kyler Murray, he might be able to go to the Niners. And I think there's a realistic scenario, like in 20, throughout the entire 2017 season, we were like, oh, the Jets are tanking, so that way they can get Sam Darnold. And that's how we're going to end with. And there's a Jets-Sam Darnold jersey at a UFC, a USC game. It's going to be awesome. Um, 
And then we were like, all right, we're getting the third pick. Oh, well, we're not going to get Donald because he's going to go on overall. And oh, what do you know? We got Sam Donald. And here we are. Nick Bosa is clearly the number one overall pick. Oh, no, Cole Beasley, you, you scored a touchdown against the Giants in the last game of the season. And that, because math, caused the Jets to fall to three instead of getting the two pick. We're not going to get Nick Bosa. And here we are. He might end up falling to the Jets anyway. And so in back-to-back right. years, the guy you wanted all year that you wrote off at the end of the season because of where the picks fell, you end up getting anyway. I, I I've personally am with you. I have mentally blocked out Nick Bosa because the Jets have the three pick, and I'm solely just watching highlights, like the YouTube highlights of Quinn Williams and Josh Allen, seeing what I want more. And I really don't think there's a bad pick. Dude, I honestly, like, you, we could take Montez Sweat, and I'd be happy for Mississippi State. He ran a 4-4-40 at the Combine, and he is an absolute, he was a former tight end turned into a defensive end who is an absolute beast. Um, and also, all right, the Broncos are still probably going to take a quarterback. Like, it's not like Joe Flacco is the future there, right? They could still trade up if they want. If they, 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 they want to make sure that they, also, yeah. if they want to make sure that they get Haskins, they can trade up the three. I mean, that would be beautiful. You know, the Jets need to replenish their first round pick, their, their second round pick somehow. I mean, they have two thirds. Maybe they'll try, try and trade up into the second round or something. I don't know what they're going to do. They definitely need to try and get a wide receiver in the second round. I think though, because there is a lot of talent at wide receiver in this draft. Um, but Hey man, I, I, I'm just, I'm excited that the jets are going to, they have one. We don't got to worry about a quarterback, which is just beautiful. Just beautiful. And two, what the jet, the jets are in a great position right now in this draft, you know, either somebody's going to try and over overspend to try and trade up for maybe we'll get a Julio Jones situation where someone's so enamored with DK Metcalf. They (laughs) trade everything to number three to try and get him. I would something. like the oh, like wow. the, the Falcon, like the Falcons did, right? Or you take the best player available at three, who's you're going to get a stud most likely, no matter what. There, because everybody that all these defensive line prospects are amazing. I'd stay away from Sean Gary. I know I mentioned him earlier, but I'd probably stay away from him. You know, I'd probably take Ed all Ed Oliver over him. But holy, I mean, Montez Sweat, Josh Allen, Quinnen Williams is amazing, and he would fill a huge need in the interior defensive line for the Jets because Leonard Williams has not been able to fill up to the, the, the draft, uh, our, our aspirations of what he could potentially be, right. you know? So, I mean, either we're going to get Nick Bosa or Quentin Williams or Josh Allen or Montez Sweat, and they're all going to be really good in the NFL. So we're in a good spot for once. We're in a good spot. Last thing we'll wrap up with this. Um, I don't know if we need to talk about the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, but holy crap. Like, I just... <laughs> So last night, I was well, I was supposed to record a, a episode of post credits with Woj and Julian. We were gonna do our Captain Marvel review, and I, we, through coordinating, we decided we were gonna record at ten because Julian had stuff to do. So I said, "Awesome, I'm gonna try and get a power nap in." I couldn't fall asleep because I had had coffee late in the afternoon, and so I there's also because like I didn't want to miss if they signed Le'Veon. I put on The Bachelor because I knew I'd fall asleep if I did. And I decided to refresh Twitter one more time. Just I'm slowly falling asleep. And the Garofalo tweet is the first thing on my timeline. Like I saw like 26 seconds ago, uh, the Jets have traded or uh, Jets, the Giants have traded Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns. This is I am not joking. And I'm looking for the Sports Talk Joey 
you know like i'm I'm looking yeah. for the <laughs> the parody like what Bear. that's funny looking for, you're looking for barry and as i see the check mark i'm like blinking like rubbing like legitimately rubbing my eyes like am i asleep yet like, did this really happen? And then I go to our <laughs> Gotham Slack and it's exploding. Twitter's exploding. Of course, any football fan that we have, any Giants fans that is a friend of yours, you then go check on their health because you look at the return. I don't... I, like, when the, the Knicks just traded Porzingis and by that afternoon, I was able to at least rationalize that in the context of the situation... He didn't want to be here, and you were able to right a couple wrongs and create all this cap space, get a couple draft picks back, and get a prospect in Dennis Smith Jr. And you were able to at least rationalize trading a franchise power forward slash center, especially since it's coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. I cannot rationalize trading Odell Beckham Jr. I just can't. Like the only, especially for the seventeenth pick, a third round pick, and Jabril Peppers, who is like what they thought Landon Collins was, even though he's not even close to what Landon Collins is. I, 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 you just, you don't trade guys like this. Odell Beckham extended, like, go look at Eli Manning's stats the year before they drafted Odell and how washed he looked. 18 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. And then Odell shows up and all of a sudden Eli has his career high for touchdowns in a season. I, I, I mean, Ethan has a legendary episode of NYG Weekly. Uh, breaking it down with so much more passion, but holy crap, Jesse! Can you <laughs> they imagine did that? Can you imagine having to go through losing John Tavares if you're an Islanders fan? Oh wow! And then and then losing Christos Porzingis if you're a Knicks and Islanders fan, and then if you're for some reason just the unfortunate soul that roots for the Giants, the Knicks, and the Islanders, mm-hmm. you have to go through losing Odell all in the same calendar year. Jesus man. <laughs> What and obviously the Islanders have, have really, have really liked, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, the Islanders this, have made it this is mainly just better, a little bit yeah. of, this is mainly just a shot at Ethan because that's what he is. That is, well. <laughs> same, I think Duffy is too. You'd also, uh, I mean, quote unquote around the word Knicks fans, but I, I, I hear you. Um, I mean, it's just. Uh, it, they also lost the, David Wright. I mean, if we're going to say that's, this nowhere yeah. near on the same level, but like David Wright's gone too, you know. Right, but he wasn't traded. He just kind of like fell Died. apart. Yes. But I, you know, I have a uh, growing up. I had a group of like you know ten guys I would hang out with. You know, I was one of the ten guys, and eight of them are Giants fans. Um, I, I was kicked out of my group chat for a good ten hours today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, wow! Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> they are not taking it well. Uh, like I have friends being like, my girlfriend just doesn't understand why I'm so upset. Like she's just like, it's a game. I'm like, you don't get it. Like this was he's every he was everything to these to, to these these Giants fans. You know, this was the most electrifying player the league has seen since hell, like Danny Tomlinson in his prime. Like I don't know. Like he, like really, we've really never seen anybody like Odell Beckham Jr. These these ridiculous one handed catches, like being able to take a slant and take it seventy yards to the house in the blink of an eye no one's been able to do what this guy's been able to do in the history of the league. And he's a, he's a, he's a reason he's a future hall of famer already. People are saying, you know, like he's that talented of a player. He's that big. He's, he's the equivalent of what Le'Veon Bell is the running backs, right? Like that good of a receiver, like 
breaking records, most receiving yards by a wide receiver in the history of the league through like four or five seasons or whatever amount of games that he's played. Like he holds those records right now. That's the type of player the Giants traded away. And the reason they, and based on what we saw from Ethan and his sources today, you know, he was saying that Such you know, a weird there, sentence. there was, there was, <laughs> <laughs> there, there was no consensus in the locker. There, there was no, they were, no one in the locker room was dressed for this. And there was no, there's not, there wasn't a consensus in, in management either. It was, the management was torn about this, you know, and they, there was two sides and clearly Gettleman got his way. And when I heard from Kimberly Jones, so saying Odell just got a phone call and it was brief and that, that Gettleman was just like, we're trading you. And, and that was really it. Like, you got to think, is this guy like, is, is he equipped to be a general manager? There's no, nobody, nobody from Carolina has said good things about this guy. You know, D'Angelo Williams and Steve Smith always talk trash about this guy. And those are two of the best players in Panthers history. It's not like the Panthers have been around for a long time. You know, these, these guys, what they say has sway. They were there for a long time. And clearly they were not fans of this guy for a reason, you know, because he did. And he got, he got, he got let go. And, and with the Giants, he's destroyed what this team should have been. This team should have Sam Darnold. It should have Odell Beckham Jr., it should have gobs of cap space to be able to spend on free agents. And instead they have Saquon Barkley, who is my son and I love, <laughs> and, and I love more than any, most giants fans do. And they don't understand why, but it's because it's I watched Penn him. state there. We understand why <laughs> I, 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 I grew with him. Yes. Right? You're hundred percent responsible. That, for Saquon that's, Barkley. Yeah. I had class with the guy. Okay. Yes. 20 person class, all right. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, you without you, Jesse. Exactly. No, in all seriousness, I mean, it's just mind-boggling. What, like, if you look at the Giants roster right now. It, it's it's Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Eli Manning, and Saquon Barkley. They're going to win two games next year, maybe. <laughs> it's uh, it is a very weird position to see the Dude. Jets improving their roster and the Giants not even executing a plan. Just to, to brill peppers. I have no clue what they're doing. I have no sympathy. I, I do not Obviously, feel bad. I have for no Giants sympathy, fans. but I, I could. You know, the Giants fans, they, I can't wait for them to watch them suffer. It's been five years of watching them <laughs> delusionally think that they there's a large portion of the fan base that thought that they were still could be able to contend. And I mean, Ethan was smart enough and, and, and Diz when he was here was smart enough to know that and, and Brett, they're all smart enough to know that this team was fundamentally flawed. And so many Giants fans did not see that truth. And they are finally seeing that truth now because they had Odell to cover up the fact that it was an awfully constructed football team, you know, yeah. built on players who didn't deserve the contracts or, or underplay, underplaying their contracts. And finally we're seeing the fruits of the labors of Dave Gettleman and it's glorious. <laughs> Jesse's getting a lot of enjoyment out of this. I, I don't know. I, it created good content for 24 hours. Ethan's been throwing a perfect game pretty much since the trade happened. So. Yep. Uh, shout out Gotham. Uh, all right, I think that's it for this episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to do a little more draft talk and really dive in. Maybe get a guest on, at least maybe one of the Gotham guys on to get a couple different perspectives about Indeed. who we want at three, who they should take at three. Um, but yeah, drafts on my drafts on my birthday, ah, April twenty sixth. Okay, that's Friday like the night, same, baby. That's the same weekend as Endgame. And Game of Thrones and Battle game, of So we get the draft Endgame and Game of Thrones on the same weekend. That is incredible. Yep. That's the same as last year. Infinity War was the night they birthday. took the Infinity War was the night that they took uh Sam Darnold. And it's Jesse's birthday. Uh-huh. Okay. 
Happy what early birthday, Jesse. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of the Jetstream. If you dig the show, head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Um, check out Ethan's episode, even if you're not a giant fan. Uh, I, I check out NYG it. Weekly. It's, it's My great. dad texted me. He never listens to NYG Weekly. He texted me while I was at work today. Ethan sounds mad. <laughs> I, <laughs> I sent that screenshot to Ethan, and he went, You think, Hiram? So, uh, go listen to it. It is must-listen radio. It is the embodiment of how a lot of Giants fans are feeling, and I just think it's very good content. If you want some it's- Mets content, I did an episode with Tim Ryder of Metsmerized Online. Um, he's going to be contributing to us this year um, for Next Stop Wilts Point. Um, catch that episode. We also gave a little bit of thoughts on Tom Seaver and everything he's now going through and what he meant, what he means to the franchise. So check that out. There's brand new, nothing but Knicks. that dropped on Monday. Uh, plenty of content on the site. Got them Go check it out until next time. Le'Veon Bell is on your football team. Everybody. This is a, a very positive time to be a Jets fan. Which is why I wrap up with this. As always, Jesse, take care, buddy. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets.